1: Uh, women often prefer what the psychologists call face-to-face conversation. That's awesome. Boys often prefer shoulder-to-shoulder conversation. So moms tell me they have their best talks with their boys when the conversation, at least to the boys, is a sidelight, not the main point.
0: Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. So, do you have boys? I have three. I have two girls and three boys. And I will tell you that raising boys is different than raising girls. And my guest today understands that. Dr. Rob Curry is an award winning author and speaker. His background for the subject of parenting boys, though, goes beyond his PhD in psychology and his 20 years of teaching child psychology at Judson University. After all, he and his wife, Kay, raised two sons. And I'm so excited about our conversation today. Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Dr. Curry.
1: It's good to talk to you again, Jill. Thanks for this opportunity.
0: Of course. I love this. You uh, always filled a workshop room at Hearts at Home conferences. So I'm so excited to be able to offer your wisdom to my listeners here on the podcast.
1: Um, I'm excited for the opportunity. I have to tell you something funny that a mom said to me after a session. So I'd worked on it really hard and I'm, I'm leaving the auditorium and a mom says, I'm really mad at you. And I thought, you know, <gasps> what did I, what did I say? <laughs> you know, I didn't think I'd say anything remotely controversial. Certainly nothing political, it's just says, I'm mad because you haven't written a book yet. But oh, okay. That's <laughs> the kind of anger we can handle.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. I love that. So here's my question. All right, I I know it, but some people are gonna say, Are boys really different than girls? And what do you say to that, Rob?
1: Well, what I would say is what I'm going to focus on is the differences. Actually, I think the similarities are greater than the differences, but the differences really stand out.
2: Ah. Like what,
1: what you're what you're wearing right now, you know, you're, um, whoever's listening, your your shirt, or your blouse feels fine, your trousers feel fine, but that one shoe, you got a little blister on your pinky, on your baby toe, on your on your right foot. That's the thing you're thinking about. So the differences tend stand out. But the differences are significant. It's important for us to understand, for moms and dads to understand how boys are different from girls.
0: Right, right, right. So what are what kind of things do moms say to you about their desire to connect with their sons and some of the challenges that they face in connecting with their boys? What do you hear so, from moms?
1: So what I hear, I hear two things, passion and puzzlement. Okay. They love, love, love love their boys good or bad you know good day bad day or whatever they just really really love their boys i don't assume that it's only women that are listening to this sure that's my audience is typically that and then they're also puzzled like why do they do that one mom says my two boys are always bopping each other and so i (laughs) said to her well tell me about it um the boy who's getting bopped how does he feel about it oh he's smiling he's having a great time but Mama wasn't having, wasn't doing so well with it. She was struggling because it was so unfamiliar uh, to her. So, I hear a lot of affection and desire to understand them, and also some some challenges because uh, moms get the girl thing. You know, they were a girl and they were raised. Even though their daughters aren't the same, identical, uh, but but boys do some things that are different and are, and are and are puzzling. So, those are the two things that I hear.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so let's talk about those differences. What is the first thing that you, uh, you really want us to understand that is different about boys?
1: So well, uh, boys are more aggressive than girls, particularly when it comes to physical aggression. They did a study with uh, six-year-old kids. So picture the lunchroom tables and you've got three boys at a table, and three girls at a table. Each child has a blank white sheet of paper in front of him or her.
0: Okay. On each
1: table with three kids are three crayons, two white crayons and one orange crayon. So naturally, each of the kids would like to have the orange crayon. Right. The boys would hit or kick the boy with the orange crayon to make him give it up. The girls would call names at the girl or, or, or tease her or try to make her cry in order to get the orange crayon from her. Uh, boys are more physically aggressive. One of the main reasons for that is in the womb before birth, boys and girls are exposed to different hormones. Boys, brains, little uh, baby boys in the womb get exposed to more testosterone than than girls. Yes. So it's very popular in our society that... The idea, the environmental aspect of parenting—it's all how you train. You know, if you if you just would have trained them better, if we we, should, we need to train our boys not to be aggressive, and I'll get to my response to that in a moment. But I really believe that boys are inherently aggressive. It's not so much get them to stop being aggressive, but we we train it, we we redirect it. I think you'll only frustrate yourself and your boys if you try to get them to not be at all or in any way aggressive.
0: Mm. Okay, so what tips do you have for us for dealing with the aggression? If, if we're not to, to, to stop it, but mm-hmm. we're to direct it, what right. tips do you have for that?
1: So when some parents hear aggression, that's a scary word because they think okay. of getting in a fight at school and then mom and dad get a call from this principal. That's obviously not a good thing. But maybe use uh, redirecting the child's energy as a comparison. If you got okay. a wiggly kid, you don't get them to stop being active, but you find ways to redirect it. You have them run around the house before they sit down for a meal, for example. So in terms of aggression, the first step is to think about it as something that needs to be trained, but not trained out of them. So somebody's a... a son or daughter is a trumpet player. You don't say, don't play the trumpet. You can annoy people when you hit wrong notes. If you play at night, late at night, you're going to wake people up. Don't play the trumpet. You say there's a time and a place to play the trumpet. We're going to get you a teacher that's going to teach you how to play the trumpet. When you're practicing, sometimes we might ask you to put a mute in your trumpet. But trumpet playing can be a distracting thing, it can be an annoying thing for listeners, but it also, it can also be a blessing. You could play in a band, an orchestra that entertains and inspires people. So in terms of aggression, I think it starts with the, the mentality that we're going to, uh, we're going to train our boys. I'm pretty sure most of the people listening have a hammer in their home or their apartment. Mm-hmm, you shouldn't have right. a hammer. You could hurt yourself. Don't you know you can break things? Well, you don't just hand a child a hammer and walk away. You teach a child how to use a hammer. I like that hammer as a metaphor for boys' aggressiveness. Ah.
2: Can I hit my
1: can I hit my thumb with a hammer? Yes, I've proven that many times. <laughs> can I can I make a bad swing and, and dent something? Yes, I've proven that too. But I, but people can be trained to use a hammer. Boys can be trained to use aggression positively. So, for example. I have two grandsons that have gone through the potty training thing. So when they have to go to the bathroom, I tear out a little square of toilet paper. I put it in the center of the, of the toilet. And mm-hmm. I say to my grandson, that's an enemy ship. It wants <laughs> to hurt your family. It wants to take your sister's toys. I want you to sink that ship. They already know how to go potty, but I'm dealing with their motivation and the mm-hmm. desire and the enjoyment of it. I wouldn't went to a teenage boy. That's a preschool example, obviously. Um, but it's that it's idea that it's a part of them, so how can we use this to, to motivate positive behavior? Uh, if you have teenagers or elementary guys in the house, you may say something like this. You, you, get, you, know, you boys know Mrs. Wilkins lost her husband six months ago. She's a single mom. She's got four kids. That must be so hard.
2: Mm-hmm. Depending
1: if you're a person, if you're a person of faith like I am, I would say, you know, the devil's really pushing her around. And, you know, I'm not okay with that. I hope you're not either. You know what? We should go over and rake her lawn. We should go over and cut her grass. We should go over and ask what we can do because we're not going to stand by while somebody else gets pushed around like that. And it's it's the aggression for a positive goal. If my wife needs help with something around the house, mm-hmm. and I perceive it's getting giving her a hard time. It could be a bottle that won't open or a tool that's stuck or something like that oh i go right for my i reach for my hammer metaphorically i'm mm-hmm. dropping everything i'm doing because i love her and i turn my controlled aggression toward the thing that's frustrating her or bothering her and so she gets the help that she needs i'll give you another story another mm-hmm. son sam played high school basketball after the game he takes a shower he comes out and people are standing around talking a man that he doesn't know is talking to the wife of my son's coach. And Sam's too far away to hear what's being said, but the body language doesn't look good. The man's standing too close. He's got an angry look at his face. So my son rears up to his full six foot, four inch frame. And unlike me, he's broad shoulders. He's, he's actually got muscles. <laughs> he, walk, he walks over to this uh, co- his coach's wife and the other man. He puts his shoulders back. He says, lowering his voice, sir, is there a problem here? And the other guy backed away and left, and my son's coach's wife was grateful for his intervention. He didn't call the man a name. He didn't make a fist. He didn't threaten to do anything, but honestly, it was a little bit of a show of force, and it was appreciated. It was trained, proper use of aggression, I think.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. So, you know, one of the things, this is really interesting. I used to tell my boys that they were, you know, they were stronger than I was. They were stronger than their sisters were and that they needed to use that. That was a gift they could yes. use. So yes. I I don't think I ever thought about it, though, from kind of um, almost like, uh, lassoing that aggression in them and and uh, you said trained aggression. And it's like, man, yes. I don't know that I ever thought about it that way. So thank you for those examples. Yeah. And, you know, the thing I'm, uh, you, you said something real quick and went right past it, but I want to come back mm-hmm. to it. You said, um, you know, something about like having your kids run a couple laps before they sit down to dinner. Sure. And, uh, and and then you just kind of moved on, but why yes. would that be, why would that be very practically, why would that be helpful for a boy?
1: Oh, okay. Well, boys tend to be very active, boys and girls, and all kids need more exercise. It's going to depend on your child. You know, if you have, a, yeah. since we're talking about boys, if you have a son with ADHD, it might be particularly helpful. Sometimes teachers that don't understand with kids with ADHD, Jimmy, you didn't finish your work. I'm sorry. You have to stay in from recess. And finish mm-hmm. your work when that kid needs recess more than anybody else in the room so it could help get some of the wiggles out yeah um, I raised two sons with ADhD so we did all sorts of creative things at the table you know we'd be playing a game while while we're eating so it's fun more fun to stay at the table than get up and, and wander around uh-huh. so to, to, you you know you know your own kids yeah you know, the, the parent listening now doesn't have to understand every boy in the universe they just have to figure out there are two or there are three <laughs>
0: Yes, that's very true. And what I hear there is that's being a proactive parent. Okay. I know that my son is going to have trouble sitting still at the table. So I'm going to encourage them to run off some energy so they'll be more likely to be able to sit down and have dinner.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: So sometimes I think we parent reactively when we when if we can parent proactively, we'll actually lead our kids better.
1: Yeah, I read a story about a, uh, a woman who was running a home daycare. Mm-hmm. And boy, the boys were giving her fits, just getting into trouble and getting under her skin. So she asked a friend, you know, what could we do? I was a psychologist. She says, well, how much exercise are they getting?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we stay inside. You know what? Get them outside and let them run around. And the problem behavior from the boys decreased dramatically.
0: Mm. Wow. And, you know, what we're seeing is so many kids are attached to screens, so they're not, yes. getting, they're not getting that opportunity to, uh, to get that energy out and, and to do something with that. And so even more reason that we need to, to have our kids out there and being active.
1: Yes. I want to come back to the aggression aspect a little bit and, and uh, aggression is a hammer. So part of it is using it as a motivational tool for your son, but part of it is understanding the language. If, if you don't like football, that's fine. But watch a football game sometime. What happens when a guy scores a touchdown? If you didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on, his friends attack him. Right. They whack him with their arm. They jump on him. They, um, a pile, they're like attacking him because the right kind of aggression is a show of affection among guys Mm -hmm. you know whether it's a chest bump or a a high five or whatever of and and then as they get older the physical aggression as affection can turn to verbal aggression so guy friends grown men will trash talk each other
2: Mm -hmm. or
1: uh, a friend of mine a teenage son so this mother went to a restaurant and she got some bad food she got sick from it and she told her son he goes to the phone he calls a restaurant he balls them out for making his mom sick She's telling me the story. I said, he was telling you that he loved you. She has tears in her eyes. She says, I know. Mm. So, you know, we may have a preferred mode of aggression. You want your son maybe to say, mom, I love you. You're just a wonderful person. I just want to sit down and share my feelings with you. And sometimes it comes out in in, in action. One more quick story, a student of mine transferred from Judson to University of Wisconsin. He got in with the intervarsity group, which is of course a good idea. He Mm -hmm. said, they accepted me right away. I'd only been there 20 minutes and they'd already thrown me over the back of the couch. (laughs) You know, would your daughter be yearning to be thrown over the back of the couch? You know, maybe not. But to him, that was acceptance. That was friendship.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is quite different. Oh my goodness. Okay, so other than boys being more aggressive than girls, how else do they differ?
1: So I would like... For your listeners to think of a pencil, think of a the aggression is represented by a hammer. We can we can train it. We can do good things with it. think of a pencil as a form of communication. Okay. So on a scale of one to one hundred, when you think of sophisticated versus simple forms of communication, and we got cell phones, we got computers, and so on. Where would you rate? Where would you rank a pencil?
0: <laughs> pretty pretty basic.
1: Pretty basic. Pretty low. Yes. 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 And compared to a cell phone, a computer a television, and and so on, it's not very good. Boys communicate more simply than girls. Girls talk at a younger age. The girls hit all the developmental milestones earlier. Movement, just everything, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But uh, simple communication can be a good thing if you see it in its own light. If If you compare a pencil to a cell phone, you'll be frustrated. I can't text. I can't call anybody. But you know what? I never... The battery never runs out of my pencil.
2: Mm. The pencil's pretty
1: inexpensive. I don't have to pay a monthly service fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. My, my pencil doesn't get hacked. <laughs> uh, True. I don't have to uh, empty pictures out of my. You know, it's it for just looking at it in and of itself, it's very very simple. And so, um, for the moms listening, I hope you have a best friend, a best girlfriend that you get together with for coffee, or soon after COVID's over and you get together and say, so how are you? You've been in the new house for two weeks. Tell me everything about it. And you just talk and you just go 90 miles an hour. It's awesome. If that's what you're longing for or insisting on with your son, you're likely to be frustrated. Uh, Women often prefer what the psychologists call face-to-face conversation. That's awesome. Boys often prefer shoulder-to-shoulder conversation. So moms tell me they have their best talks with their boys when the conversation, at least to the boy, is a sidelight, not the main point. So one mm. mom told me, I could tell when my boys had a rough day at school, but they wouldn't tell me what it was. So we'd do our chores, we'd rake the lawn, we do the dishes, and if I was patient, it would come out, and they would open mm. up to me. Another mom said her boys were athletes. Not 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 all are, but mm-hmm. hers were, and she only had to connect with hers. They loved it at night, she would give them a back rub, and that's when they would open up. Mm. A friend of mine who's a pastor talks about windshield time with his teenage son. They're in the car, both looking straight ahead, the driver for the obvious reasons, and naturally the passenger uses it straight ahead. And so without the eye contact at intensity to maybe difficult conversation, which is why teens prefer texting, takes the heat off. Yes. Without having to look each other in the eye, the son can open up to the father. And they have a really good conversation. Now, we could say, you should be able to look me in the eye. I shouldn't have to talk to you this, but, well, how's that working? If we can accommodate to someone else's communication style. Uh, Another mom I heard speak, her son would get home. Aside, This is not a sports example, but um, she would shoot baskets. I have no idea what kind of athlete she was, but you can be athletic or not, and you can catch a bouncing ball and bounce it to your son. Right. She wouldn't say, how was school? How would you do an English test? She just shooting. Oh, that was a good shot. Oh, mm-hmm. that one almost went in after a little while. The son says, my math teacher is a jerk. And she just says, oh? And, and waits for him. That's shoulder-to-shoulder conversation. Now, your son might not be in the sports. He might be uh, uh, musically gifted. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. walk into the room, and when he finishes playing the song, he says, wow, that was beautiful. I really mm. enjoyed that. I like I like such and such a part. You're talking about the music, you're not talking about did you talk to your best friend? Did you witness to your classmate? That feels like he's being checked up on. You're just yeah. you just kind of there. Or your son is into art and um hey, can I look at your picture? Wow, that's really cool. Where'd you get the idea from that? You're not correcting him, you're like, you know, this this line's a little short. It's mm-hmm. hardest to tone down the teaching correcting habit if you're really good at something so Mm. if you're uh an athlete and your son's throwing technique could be improved upon sometimes you just have to swallow it and play catch with them if you're a professional artist you know oh you could draw that line a little a little bigger a little darker but boys communicate more simply uh than girls so we were Mm. you identified this was as a mom and a grandma joke driving my son to a basketball game there's something about kids. They think that parents are deaf when they were in the front seat. So we always <laughs> turned down the radio so we could hear what they were saying. And they weren't trying to keep secrets from us. And my son, my son's friend says to my son, don't get me wrong, she says. I love my girlfriends. But I like my guy friends, too, because there's less drama.
0: Mm. I'm not saying
1: that male communication is better, just different.
0: Yeah. And it's yes.
1: it's, uh, it's 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 simpler. If you realize that, metaphorically speaking, if your son has $2 in his pocket, $2 worth of words, and if he gives you $1.50, that was, that was pretty good. That yeah. Good. If you're expecting $40 and you get $1.50, then you feel left out.
0: Yes. So we really have to adjust our expectations. You know, what I'm thinking you know my husband and i do so much marriage ministry now and Mm -hmm. definitely you know we deal with communication issues in marriage Mm -hmm. and and i'll tell you rob everything that you're talking about is uh you see playing out with big boys Mm -hmm. You know, because yes. wives want their husbands to share their feelings and yes. they want them to they want to connect at a heart level yes. and, and sometimes we'll even be in a situation where I'm like, okay, he just did that, but I know, I love your $1. fifty. like he just gave you a fifty, and that's like a lot for him, but, mm-hmm. he, but you are missing it because Mm. you're demanding something that is completely Mm. different than who he is Mm. so boy i really appreciate what you're saying and i think as parents we need to understand that but for the women listening i think as for those that are married i think as wives we also need to understand that because boys their uh their their gender differences don't go away when they become older right so I really, really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, the way I the way I look at it in, in marriage, ideally, the husband and the wife would, would both change, com, you know, adjust. The husband would would learn to say a little more.
0: Yes, agreed. And, and the
1: wife the, and the wife would learn to realize, hey, he really is trying, and they both, you know, kind of meet. In the yes. Middle. For par- for parenting, though, I think it's more reasonable to ask the parents when it comes to conversational style. No. Yes. I mean you don't you don't compromise your morals in the house, you know, you don't you don't hit your brother or sister in anger, you know, you yes. just don't do that. You have to clean your room. But in terms of communication styles, it makes more sense for the parent to do more of the adjusting than the child. And then you might teach your son now, listen, someday you're going to you may be married and you need to know that your wife is going to probably be hoping for you know more and so just mm-hmm. be aware of that, and be be right but but in the parenting context you and I are more equipped than a six-year-old. Yes. To look yes. at the dynamics of the conversation and make an adjustment. We do this all the time. If, if you are, um, if you're talking to a child, young child, you may sit down so you get their eye level. That's an adaptation to to, to, to what they're doing. If you are going to sing songs with them, hey, let's. You sing, you think to yourself, what would be some songs they would enjoy singing? So it's just a continuation of that.
0: Approach. Yes, yes, that makes total sense. Okay, so. Boys are more aggressive. Um, we've covered that. Boys communicate more simply. Yes. What What is another important difference between boys and girls?
1: So we got the hammer for aggression. We got the pencil for communication. And the third thing is maybe the scariest for parents: a gasoline can to represent that after puberty, the uh, boys get sexually aroused faster than girls, and that can be a scary thing for parents to hear
0: yes, it is a scary thing for parents to hear. So what kind of perspective can you give us about this?
1: So I believe that God only gives good gifts. Mm-hmm. Even living a fallen world only gives good gifts. So getting aroused more quickly sexually may not sound like a gift. It may sound like a, 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 a sca- only a scary thing. But in marriage, I think mm-hmm. male and female sexuality are both gifts. I'm focused mm-hmm. on, the, on the male side, but the The women's side is just as blessed. Yes. So I liken it to a gas can. So here's Mr. and Mrs. Alvarez. They've been married for 20 years. They have a very good relationship. This particular day has been fairly good. We'll give it a B minus. Hey, I'll take a B minus. (laughs) And the kids are asleep. They're talking over little details of what are you going to do tomorrow? Oh, I'm going to take the car in. Can you get the groceries? Just that kind of stuff. They're each getting their pajamas on. Mm-hmm. It's not a heavy duty conversation. he glances across the bedroom. I promise this will be g rated Joe when she's in between <laughs> You're scaring <her>
0: day, me <laughs> she's,
1: she's in between halfway between her day clothes and her night clothes, uh-huh, which is fine because they are husband and wife, Yes. and he goes from thinking about what we're doing tomorrow and just in that moment right away, he wants her. He wants mm-hmm. her physically mm-hmm. and I liken that to some of our um and it jump-starts the physical relation. Now, if she's not interested at that time, he needs to accept that. But but a lot of physical intimacy gets initiated by that easily ignited uh, sexuality from from guys. This is a, a hard thing, I think, sometimes for women to understand. When um, I share with them what it's like for guys. Um, a friend of mine will go to the grocery store, and like all of us, he looks for the shortest line. He also looks at the checkers. If there's a young, very pretty checker with a shorter line, he'll stand in the longer line. That's his way of keeping his thoughts where they need to be. And I had a student say to me, well, a female student said, well, that's okay. He could go in the shorter line. And I didn't say this to her because I didn't want him to be rude, but she wasn't she wasn't getting that. That's 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 his way. That's what he, he uh, that's what he had to do. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage parents, now the younger your kids are, the easier it is to make adjustments. Do not let them have a TV in their bedroom. Okay. No matter what you want, you can watch a wholesome TV show, but ads come on for other stuff. Yes. And even in pretty good shows, there's an awful lot of skin mm-hmm. shown, you know, the, the less screen time, the better. I would, I would put off letting them have a cell phone as long as you're reasonably, I mean, a, a smartphone as long as you reasonably can. Hmm. Um, Yes. And honestly teach teach them what it's like that they're that they are gasoline, but that's a gift. It's it's not, oh no, I'm just so worried you're gonna mess this up and embarrass your mother and I. No, 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 no. You have been given like an exotic sports car. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna park it on the street? No, I'm gonna put that in the garage. In fact, mm. I might walk to the grocery store rather than leaving the lot where somebody could ding it with a with a grocery cart. God has given you a wonderful gift. Just briefly Female sexuality is a great gift, too. If male sexuality is gasoline, female sexuality is an oak log. It's important that one gets it started, but it's equally important the other one keeps it going. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm being one-sided because I'm talking about boys, but not because I'm biased. So we teach the boys that this is a wonderful gift, and you've got to take care of it. You take care of your cell phone, right? Yes. Um, Every kid that has a cell phone probably wants a case for it for that reason. And they know at some level they shouldn't, you know, throw it around. Well, this is an even bigger gift, and you take care of it because it's a, it's it's a really good thing.
0: Yes.
1: Um, my my wife uh, goes with me when I speak, and a mom came up to her and she said, "Tell your husband to keep talking about the gas can and intimacy you know, in marriage because that just helped me understand my husband." Like you said, it doesn't yes. change when the boys grow up.
0: No, it doesn't. And you know, what you're talking about there is um, having conversation with our kids uh, around sex in a positive way, too. Yes. I, yes. I think a lot of times we uh, want, it's just, it's kind of like, you know, you don't have sex before you get married. Right. Uh, you don't do these things. And, and we don't talk about it. Like, I love how you're saying it's a beautiful gift, but it's also a gift that... Is saved for marriage. It's a gift that you're gonna you're gonna be aware of it before mm-hmm. marriage, and then you're giving them direction on what to do with that.
1: Yes, and there's some. We don't have time to go on this today, I know, but there's some wonderful, relatively new information from brain science in the last 20 years that the most fulfilling sex comes from a long term monogamous relationship. Mm. You know, God knew what he was doing all along. Now we got the science to prove it.
0: Right. Right. Wow. So good. So boys are more aggressive than girls. Boys communicate more simply. And then we need to recognize that boys do get sexually aroused more quickly. That actually is a good thing in the long run, but they need to know how to handle that. Yeah. So... Good. Thank you so much for uh, just sharing this wisdom. So um, before we leave, you have, you were telling me before we hit record, you were telling me that you have a new resource and it's specifically a book for boys. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: So the title is Hunger Winter, a World War II novel. It's a thriller set in World War II in the Netherlands. In the middle of the night... Dirk gets wakened. He gets a warning. His older sister has just been kidnapped by the Gestapo. His father's already gone to luck with the resistance work with the resistance, and his mother has died. So in the middle of the night, 13 year old Dirk has to leave home carrying his little sister in his arms. He's got to scrounge Ooh, wow. for food, stay a step ahead of the Nazis and try to find his father. It's published by Tyndale and uh, been blessed with some very nice endorsements. Some of your listeners will know the Corey Ten Boom story.
0: The yes. Corey Timboom
1: Foundation has endorsed the book, saying they want to encourage everybody to read it. Kirkus Reviews, which is a pretty prestigious uh, review company, said that it's a hopeful, gritty but hopeful thriller. I'm getting a lot of good response. I just met with a group of homeschool students today, and it's, a, it's an English class, and they read the book. They read Hunger Winter, World War II, a novel for their English class. And the teacher told me that was the favorite book that they read, that the, the students had read several award-winning books. Yeah. But... The Hunger Winter was a, was, a, was a favorite one. So I had a lot of help writing that. A lot of people inspired me. Um, very grateful to God. To God goes all the glory. But I'm excited. Half the author's royalty goes to Compassion International. Um, you might think yeah. of buying it for your son. It's set for fourth through eighth grade. I'm finding ages okay. other than that are enjoying it. it. might make a good Father's Day gift, too.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Okay. So it's called The Hunger Winter.
1: Hunger Winter, A World War II Novel. There's a couple other books called Hunger Winter, but that's the only one with a full title.
0: Okay, Hunger Winter, A World War II Novel. We'll make sure yes. and include a link to that uh, in our show notes. So that's great. I'm always looking for books. Um, I have a grandson that um, not he's not quite fourth grade yet, but um, he's getting close. And, uh, and just the other day, he was asking me if I had any books for him to read. So... Oh, now I know.
1: <laughs> I think that's great that you and he have that kind of conversation and he's obviously open to your influence and direction. That's a wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, we really enjoy our time with them. Well, this has been so helpful. Would you be willing to pray for our listeners that are raising boys to close us out yes, today?
1: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If you have time, I have about a 1 minute poem I would like to read before the prayer. Sure. Okay, I'll get right to it. What is a boy? A boy is someone who thinks it's more important to know if an activity is fun than if it's safe. (laughs) He enjoys almost anything if it's funny or fast. As years go by, he goes from not wanting to release your hand to insisting you let go of his. Mm. You wonder where boys get all their energy. You suspect they're the reason God created guardian angels, and you pray you have the wisdom to guide your son to (laughs) manhood. Look in his pocket and you'll discover a surprise. Look in his eyes, you'll see a twinkle. Look in his heart and you'll find the hope that you'll understand him and the fear that you won't. He'll drive you crazy with his choices and melt his heart with his smile. He'll scare you, thrill you, and charm you all in the same day. He'll turn your world upside down, your heart inside out, and you can't imagine your life without him. He's your Mm. boy, he's your young man. He is your son.
0: Ah. Okay, you made me cry with that one. Woo.
1: I wrote it and it always gets me. That's, I'll, <laughs> I'll say a short prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for each listener and for their sons and the plans that you have for them. And mm. pray for understanding yes. and the insight. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: pray for all of us to get our boys and what motivates them to know how we can capitalize on their natural tendencies. Yes. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have 3 free ebooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org/free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org/podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.